Welcome to another episode of Soul Filling. I'm Tiffany. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Kobe. And today we have very special guests with us. We have got the co-founders of Melanin and Mental Health with us, Eliza and Ebony. And today we're going to talk about our mental well-being to make sure that we're all in tip-top shape, not only during the pandemic, but for the rest of our entire lives. we got to make sure our mental health is on point, on point, on point, on point. And you know we give a lot of advice, but we are not therapists. <laughs> so we have two very special therapists that are doing amazing work in the community. And that is Eliza and Ebony. So y'all could go ahead and just introduce yourself, um, what kind of therapy you do, and then we could get on and pop in with the questions. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go first, Elisa? Sure. Oh, so, I said that wrong, Elisa. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all saw how confident I was? Wow, I am. No worries. It's spelled like that, but yes. And so I'm Elisa Volkeen. I am a relationship therapist. I'm a sex therapist. I'm an entrepreneur here in Houston, Texas, uh, co-founder of Melanin and Mental Health. And the type of work that I do is I specialize in working with individuals who are struggling around their sexuality, whether that be individually or as a couple. Um, and I help them to have more pleasure in their life. That's what I do in my individual work when I'm not alongside Ebony, uh, doing the work that we're doing and changing the face of therapy in black and brown communities. My name is Ebony Harris. I'm a relationship therapist. I work with couples and individuals that are wanting to create a better life when it comes to love, sex, dating, relationships, all of that. Um, I love to speak about all things love, sex, and dating. And so because of that, I have a podcast called Room for Relations, where we discuss everything from the first date to the last orgasm. Um, I also (laughs) am co-founder of Melanin and Mental Health, um, and also have another podcast called High Function and Mess that's all about looking like you have your stuff together, but not really. Um, And so I just enjoy being able to talk about some of my favorite topics. So that's sex, love, dating, mental health, and minority communities. That's pretty much what you could catch me talking about on any platform that they allow me to. (laughs) Oh, wow. Absolutely amazing. Kobe, I know you have some questions to start us off. Let's get into those. Yes. So um, I wanted you all to just talk more about melanin and mental health and how you all created that and how that came about so we met on social media uh we were both people therapists that were like posting on social media um before a lot of this like whole mental health social media happened <laughs> like we were posting and both of us probably were a little nervous because like uh, therapists can be a little uh rigid uh as far as like putting yourself out there publicly um and so we got to know each other we ended up like meeting and one of the first conversations we had was how do you find people to refer to um specifically black and latinx therapists because a lot of times when clients look for us they are looking they want to work with us of course of what we do but sometimes it is because like okay you look like me and so there's that connection already there that i could feel comfortable with you um so that discussion led to um a few discussions and then alisa ended up starting the melanin mental health instagram well at least you tell that part because i I don't know (laughs) the details Yeah, so that that January, I started the platform. Um, I started uh, 
Melinda Mental Health Instagram and Facebook. And it was because I told myself that year, you know, if you have some sort of divine inspiration, just go with it because so often we have some sort of inspiration, but we say, well, I can't do that until, 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 until. And so I said, you know what, I'm just going to start putting some content out there that speaks to mental health, that speaks about therapy, but without, without all the psychology jargon so people can relate to it. Mm-hmm. And right away, it just kind of blew up. Like people were like, what is this? What is this? And so by that time, by the time uh, Ebony and I had already met at that time, and there'd been enough of a following built up, and she and I had been talking about, let's get some of our therapist friends together so we know who to refer to. We want to trust who we're referring people to. And Ebony said, well, let's go ahead and post that event on the Facebook group or on the Facebook page, see if we get anybody to come through where if you've ever tried to plan an event, I don't know about you, you're lucky if you get, you know, actually get five of your friends to join. And so I was like, okay, well, maybe we'll have like five, seven people come out. And we ended up having like over 20, almost 30 people show up for the event, people that we did not know. Mm-hmm. And we, everybody was so grateful. They're like, oh my goodness, thank you for doing this. When's the next one? So she and I being entrepreneurs, we looked at each other. We're like, okay, we, we, we got to do something with this because clearly it's not just us that need the resource. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and so that's really how the website got birthed after that. That's amazing. You have to act on your your that divine feeling to just mm-hmm. go even when you don't even know exactly what the full idea is because you just figured it out along the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that's I think that's a lot of what we did. It started with okay, well, people want to continue to know more about this, and and we didn't even know what it was really. It was just like a place for you know, Elisa's really good at marketing and putting um, information out there. Um, if y'all follow her, it's so her Instagram is like popping. So she's really good at that piece of it. Um, and then we were talking about like, how do we stay connected? So then that kind of created the directory thought. Um, and so it, it's just kind of been like piece by piece. And then I think we were thinking about merchandise. So me and her like made shirts that we wore. We were like, we'll just see what people say. And as soon as we walked in, I was like, how do we buy the shirts? And we were like, we don't know. We just made these shirts to see <laughs> if y'all would want to buy some. And so we just kind of like everything was just kind of like, let's just do it and see what happens. The podcast is the same way. Um, and, and each piece kind of has fit and has worked um, to create this brand. That's so yeah. inspirational. Well, I, I've never been to therapy. <laughs> 28 and um i don't know if you got jazzes have y'all jazzes have y'all jazzes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think y'all been to therapy yet either no i have not yeah so we are newborn not <laughs> therapists but we have always tried to get like therapists on our show and we've had struggles more so finding male, black male therapists oh yeah that's like the <laughs> yeah. thing ever because we were um before this happened, we were discussing what our next live was going to be. And we were going to talk about relationships um, based off of, like, um, Black people. So, like, seeing the Black man's insecurity and the Black woman's insecurity so we could better know how to love each other. And we wanted to have therapists on. So we wanted to have a balance. So, like, let's have a ther- uh, woman therapist and have a male therapist. But when we were looking for a male, male Black therapist, it was, like, one. <laughs> It's uh, scarce. It's mm-hmm. very scarce, and I, I, I'm wondering for that that 
black male or even a black woman or anybody who wants a therapist, how do they find the right one for them? Yeah. Well, Ebony and I talk about this a lot. Well, first you want to go to melaninamentalhealth.com <laughs> because we have a directory on their uh, national directory where you can see uh, therapists that are listed in your area. Uh, but there's other platforms also that you can go to therapy for black girls, um, psychology today. So you can go to these directories and get a whole list of therapists that are there. But the first thing you want to do is you want to interview your therapist because the big part of therapy and what you're going to have the best outcomes is with your connection to your therapist. That's such an important piece of the therapeutic process. So call them up, send them an email, call them up. Ebony and I both offer 15, uh, 10 minute, 15 minute uh, free phone consultations where we want to talk about what is it that you're going to want to be working on in therapy. And then we're going to tell you what you could expect working with us because therapists were all as different as our personalities. And so you want to make sure that yours fits up because you could have a room full of, let's say, 10 great, wonderful therapists. But if you don't vibe with them, then right. that's going to impact the process. So I would say the first thing you want to do is um, get some referrals. We talk about this, get some yes. referrals. If you don't have anybody that can give you a referral, then go ahead and get online, do a little bit of research. And then the ones that you narrow it down to, give them a call, tell them you have some questions for them, uh, and then see if they're even receptive to that. Um, because that's going to be help you to do kind of your due diligence before you get in there. Yeah. I think another, a, a big part is like understanding what the resources are. And I think sometimes we don't know, like therapy feels very foreign. Um, and, and a lot of people don't, don't even know like that there are a lot of options. So there are therapists that take insurance, there are therapies that take EAPs, there are community health centers where you can actually go in and see a therapist. You can go to local universities and they typically have clinical centers. So it's a lot of different options. Um, and I'm, I'm always telling people like when you've never been to therapy, try to use those resources so you can kind of get used to it. And then you'll notice that as you see more therapists, as you kind of are working through your stuff, um, you'll start to recognize like, okay, maybe I need somebody a little bit more specialized in this, or maybe, you know, um, mm -hmm. and so I think just taking your time, that finding a therapist is not the easiest thing, and I don't try to pretend like it is, but it really is worth it when you kind of take your time to, to really source through your different options and, and find something that works for you, because it, it is truly something that works for everyone. Um, we just sometimes don't know the resources that we have available. I love that you said that we have to take our time and, and actually do our own due diligence to go out there and interview our therapists and, you know, get to know them because most times you'll have a person that have an experience with the therapist and they'll say, oh, it didn't go well. Mm -hmm. But they have to just, we have to be aware that that's just one therapist and there are many more therapists out there. So just not letting that one negative experience cancel out the whole um, the idea of going to therapy in, in a whole. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've been to physicians where I'm like, that physician sucked, but I still got to go see a doctor, right? So I look for another one. So yeah. it, it, we don't want to give up on the whole process itself. It's just, just like there's really great therapists. There's not so great therapists. And, and there's not so great experiences also. Again, mm -hmm. that's part of making sure you have a therapist that you feel like you vibe with because that can really get in, it can really get be part of the process that limits you. And I would say about three sessions in, four for sure, you should have an idea if this is the right fit. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot like dating. <laughs> it is. Seriously. Yes. Except you can't go out with your therapist. You can't go to dinner with <laughs> Seriously. I always, I always uh, tell clients to think about what is it that you're hoping to get out of therapy? How will your life be different? So think four months, six months, eight months down the line, what's going to be different in your life? So start to have an idea, like actual measurable ways that you'll say, okay, maybe I will be in a healthy relationship or I'll be able to uh, communicate more when I'm angry with somebody. Like really think about what it is, the change that you're going to want to see and be specific about it. Don't just say, well, I want to be happier. What does that mean? What does that look like? Right. Oh, that's really good. That hit my soul. <laughs> right? so, and I do have another question about therapists, but I do want to, before I ask that question, we talk about mental health and mental well-being quite a bit, but what does that really mean? So I wanted to ask you ladies, you know, what does mental health really look like? You know, I think that's a great question because a lot of people, they lump mental health, mental illness all in the same boat. And I think that's sometimes what scares people about mental health in general. Mm -hmm. Um, So mental health is just like physical health. It's just how am I making sure that my mind is healthy? That's all. So it doesn't have to be that you have a mental illness to work on your mental health. Um, And so like Elisa said, even to the point of how do I communicate in a way that's more effective when I'm upset, where it's not like every time I get upset, there's an explosion in my relationship that you're working on your mental health. Um, And so, yes, if you have depression, anxiety, anything like that, and you're seeking help, that's still you working on your mental health. But it also can be, you know, I'm stressed out from work and I just don't know how to like juggle it all. And so I need to kind of talk to someone that can help me manage, you know, my life and and help me kind of shift maybe my perspective on how I view my life or whatever the case may be. So mental health is, like I said, it's just like physical health. It's, It's just you saying, I need to take care of my mind and make sure my mind is in the best shape it can be. Mm. Wow, that was beautifully said. And that was such a great question, Kobe, because I think that right there that your answer, Ebony, just debunks that stereotype of needing therapy means you're automatically something's wrong with you Mm -hmm. versus you're, I think it's more so a, a practice when you think about it. It's just like we would normally have our practice in the gym, like you were saying, mm-hmm. practice with our eating. We constantly maintain our hair and upkeep. So now when you break it down that way, it makes so much more sense. And it, and it even kind of seems like it's like a personal assist, assistant to help you iron out your life. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. We always say you don't have to be in crisis to go to therapy. I mean, if you are human, you're alive, especially in this time probably have some stress on some level, you know, and so going to therapy is, is really an opportunity to have somebody else be there for you and really help you to process and work through and, and, and come up with solutions for you, or at least offer you the process so that you can come up with solutions. And it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be a major thing that's happening in your life for you to be able to go. It just helps you to continue to move forward without the stress that may limit you, the anxiety that may limit you, or just even the questions, you know, like a lot of us, we carry stuff from our childhood around that we think is not affecting us, but I will tell you, our early childhood experiences and early relationships, they impact us. They impact us. And sometimes we don't even realize um, just how helpful it would be to have somebody there to process it with us. All right. 
And I think when we talk about mental health, we're, you know, obviously we promote therapy. We are therapists. We think it's amazing. But I think it's about like you deciding to take control of that, that health. And so it can be in the form of therapy. It can be in the form of like meditation, journaling, reading. I do think, um, I was talking to one of my friends and she was like, I do think there are certain things that you just need another person there that can kind of help reflect you and help you really see, like you can do a lot of introspective work by yourself, but sometimes you do need that other person there that can say, okay, I understand this is what you've worked on, but this may be what you've missed when it comes to being in relation to other people. Um, so it, mm. it's not all about therapy, but therapy is a really big piece that can, that can truly help. That's so true. We try so hard. Well, I know for myself, I try very hard to try to figure out everything by myself like me and god i'm like you know all in my head but once i finally you know even though we're not therapists you even when i finally maybe talk to my mom or call mm -hmm. jazz or kobe and i'm able to get it out and then they're able to talk to some sense into me i feel i feel much better like i'm reminded of who i am and so although i know there's not a lot of people sometimes you don't have sometimes people don't have other people that they can truly feel secure and safe with to go and talk to and and it even just goes back to sometimes maybe i waited too late to go talk to jazz or kobe because of some shame i felt or because i don't want to be a burden or because maybe mm -hmm. i just don't want them all in my business <laughs> at that point because you know i'm gonna tell them later <laughs> But sometimes, you know, it is, I think it would be very helpful, especially for me to go to an outside source. Because I don't know, sometimes I'm like, dang, I'm going through this thing and I don't want to talk to my mom. I, I don't really feel like talking to y'all. <laughs> I, I don't got a man to talk to. And I just want someone to, to listen and get me through this. I think what you said, it, it's interesting because we have a lot of people that say, well, like, why do I need to go to therapy? I have friends, I have family, I have this. And then like, it's amazing when you have a really good support system. That's one of the first, in my intake, I always ask, what is your support system? Who do you have to talk to? Who do you have to process stuff with? But there is a big difference when you're going to someone who obviously cares about you, loves you, wants what's best for you, but only sees it sometimes through your lens, mm -hmm. right? Versus going to a therapist who can kind of put all these pieces together of what other perspectives that could be a part of the situation. How could your childhood be impacting the way that you vision envision is or are, are um, what perspective are you seeing this through? Um, and, and Elisa always gives this great analogy, analogy about spinach on your teeth and I'll let her do that. But I just think it's it's, it's a completely different experience when you have someone that has no um, affiliation with you cares about your well-being but personally is really worried about like are you being mentally healthy and so sometimes that looks like confrontation sometimes that's like somebody calling you out where family and friends may not depending on your dynamic or I think about like when I talk to certain people in my family and I kind of go right back into this world of how I was when I was a child right and so then mm -hmm. it's kind of like if I'm talking to my mom and she tells me something and I want to like come back and forth with her but I know she'll have a whole attitude if I don't just listen to her so then I'm just like well okay I guess whatever you say I'm just gonna pretend like that's what it's gonna be even though that doesn't fit what I'm looking for at this moment mm -hmm. and so, so you can have a different type of relationship with a therapist as well yeah and, and I think more than anything what because a lot of times we will hear that, well, I'm going to talk to this person. I'm gonna so therapy is more than just talking. 
really, for starters, therapy rewires your brain because what the therapist is going to do is we're trained to help facilitate change for you, right? So what I'm going to offer you is more than a space just for you to vent. I'm going to offer you a space where I can teach you or I can guide you so you can have a new process. Mm -hmm. You're going to be learning how to process things differently, which means when you are done with therapy or you get what you need, you're going to be able to come to those answers or those decisions without needing me, right? You can come back, right? Like you got what you needed and then you can come back later on if you need therapy again. Um, but what therapy offers you is a new process. Mm -hmm. And it, what it does is it, it's a reflection, it's a mirror, right? So that's kind of what Ebony was alluding to. I always tell clients, if I come on here and I'm not looking at, at my camera or my mirror before I get in there and I have, you know, I just have my breakfast on my face, right? Like I've got, you know, spinach over here on my cheek unless you tell me or something reflects it back to me I'm not going to know because that problem is like the spinach is too close to me I can't see it mm -hmm. so I need some somebody outside of my circle somebody outside of me that has enough distance to be able to say you got some spinach on your cheek right and that's what the therapist uh, will offer you I'm so glad y'all talked about treatment because that was one thing you know just starting off when you're trying to find someone was just my thought my thought was just how do you find someone who's going to treat you know you the way that you think is you know, that lines with up with your value because I just think about tv shows you see some in certain movies you have like the person laying on the couch and they're talking to them and <laughs> you have someone doing like hypnosis and they're you know like okay one two three you're gonna go into a deep sleep and you know you see like the exorcisms and things and, such. <laughs> and I'm so animated I'm you know but love it what does therapy really you know the treatment look like I think that's a really good question because like you said, people have this, it, I, on my uh, website, I have like, you know, you think you're going to walk into this dark room and like somebody's <laughs> going to start probing you with questions. And, and part of it is, yes, we ask questions. We want to know more about you. And it is, it can feel, um, I say confronting, right? Because as we're talking and as people are asking questions and kind of making these conclusions and you're like, well, how do you know that? Or why, you know, it, it can feel that way, but it's really just a conversation, right? Like we are really just having a back and forth where I'm getting to know you, you can get to know me to an extent. Um, and, and it's about like us. And, and that's why Lisa said earlier, the relationship is so important because it is, it's, it's very important that you feel comfortable in having these conversations that you, and that you feel comfortable in sharing with me. And so the more comfortable that you feel, then the easier it's going to be for us to be able to help you. And so I think, um, you know, sometimes people have this idea and, and, and it can feel kind of daunting and like, that's not something I necessarily want to do, but it's just like the, the goal is for it to be a comfortable relationship where we can have open dialogue and, and it's not, you know, it depends. Some people do have the, the, the couch that you can lay on some people, you know, but a lot of times, it's just a chair and a couch and we're sitting in front of each other and we're just having a conversation yeah yeah and and and, and i think therapy that's again th therapists do therapy differently you may have somebody who is very buttoned up and they have their you know their notepad or what have you and, and it feels more formal because again we're trained differently mm -hmm. um and there's different styles and there's different approaches to therapy Ebony and I work very hard for it being more of, come on in, we're going to have a conversation. You know, this is not, I'm the expert and you're the mm -hmm. client. Like, it's like, okay, like I'm in it with you. Like mm -hmm. we're, 
where you are the expert of your life. Exactly. Um, but again, different therapists have different approach and that's why it's important to know what you're getting yourself into. Mm-hmm. So um, I did definitely want to talk about the black community and I feel like we've come a long way because I feel like all I've seen is mental health, like on Instagram and people taking care of yourself. Do y'all think that there is still a stigma in the black community when it's surrounding therapy and mental health? There's definitely still a stigma. Um, I do agree with you though. I feel like even over like maybe like the last five years, if even that long, it's felt like there's been a huge shift of more openness about being in in therapy, more conversations about healing old wounds, generational wounds, things like that. Um, And so that's amazing. It's amazing. It's it's becoming a part of the conversation. And I think just like everything else with social media, the more that you get exposed to things, the more normal it becomes and the more how, the more comfortable people are with trying it. Um, So definitely it's, we've come a, a long way in a very short time, but even in having conversations with when I meet people and they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm a therapist. And they're like, oh, you work with crazy people. And I'm like, what's a crazy person? You know, like, what does that even mean? Um, so I do think there's a, a lot of people that still don't necessarily, um, they, they still think the, the same way they have, which is fine. You know, I think it just is one person at a time and it's people having different experiences that can help uh, kind of change that that stigma, but it's still there. And I, and even when people come to see me, they're quick to be like, "I've never done therapy before," or you know, or um, I had one uh, person that was like in school to become a therapist, and it was like, I don't know, people just walk around like, "Oh, you look for a therapist? My therapist on there is that who you looking for?" She and she felt so weird about it, and I was like, "Well." you're coming to see a therapist, like, why should it matter if somebody else is sharing that they're in therapy? Like, and then I think that goes into, we still sometimes have that thought process that to be in therapy, that must be, my life is in huge disarray. And and there must be these huge issues that I'm having that I should be ashamed of. Um, Mm -hmm. When the truth is going to therapy means that you have taken control of your life and taking your power back and saying, I need to do something better. I, I want to be better in my life. And so I'm going to do something about it. But people just still don't see it that way sometimes. Yeah. I think a big part of it is because I think for Black and Latinx communities, we are really raised to think that the more pain you can tolerate, that's equivalent to your strength. Mm -hmm. And I think we're kind of this first generation that's saying, okay, I'm tired and I want to do something about it. And we're also this first generation that actually has the opportunity and has more of the ability for us to seek out the healing that maybe our parents, grandparents, and ancestors didn't have even the luxury of being able to heal. But I think a big part of why there is still that resistance is because we do want to believe. You know, I'll hear that often in therapy. It's like, um, you know, I'm used to being strong. I'm used to being strong. And so I feel like I'm being weak by even just being upset about this. And so Mm -hmm. there's so much reconditioning and rewiring that we have to do around this idea that we're weak if we seek out support. And I think it kind of goes from like you all were just saying that mental health and mental illness is something that as a massive, as a masses in the black community for a long time, it just, and, and the reason why I say this, I, at least I can say for me and my family, because my mother, she suffers from mental health. I mean, no, mental illness, not mental health. And in the, um, the early, I want to say early 90s and 80s, I, it was something that was relatively, I don't want to say new, but the treatment methods were pretty much ex- very experimental. We're seeing if this works and if it doesn't work, 
oh well kind of it it was kind of oh well to a plus no it was more so a test it was just Mm -hmm. trial and error so to speak so sort of kind of when you go to your actual physician at times it's like okay these are your symptoms we're gonna test out some things if that doesn't work you're gonna come back and so um with mental going back to um mental illness and tying it together with therapy i mean therapy or mental health people often get the lines merge together and so they they will um see someone that's suffering with mental illness and say well if i have to go to therapy then i must be like them right and right. so you don't want to associate yourself with that so you kind of run away or you kind of you, you know stray away from that thing and even for my mom because we didn't have a close relationship growing up but i realized that a long part of my life my upbringing it was because of I grew my father's side of the family and we just didn't understand. It was just kind of like, oh, sh- she's just doing her own thing. We didn't necessarily know the steps to take as to, you know, how to 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 go about it. And, and I don't know the words, but like to, to get help, so to speak. Right. It was just more categorize it, compartmentalize it. And then, you know, we will con- life will continue to go on. But it goes back to what you were saying. And now I'm realizing that everything triggers from our root. It's, it's always a root. And typically the root is in our childhood, mm-hmm. our upbringing, something that we were conditioned, something, whether it was environmental, something you was exposed to, a traumatic experience. And then that can either trigger trigger mental, not, well, not mental illness, but it can trigger a negative mental health pattern. And, mm-hmm. and like you were saying, that's why you have to go through those certain it could take who knows just to uproot and recondition those those the new thinking patterns so to speak right right i think you hit on a lot of stuff because i know we've talked about one yes within the family we have certain beliefs when it comes to mental health and all of that but then we've talked about just over generations like our experience with medical Mm -hmm. professionals and Mm -hmm. mental health professionals has not always been positive um and one of the things that we love to talk about is the fact that like in Black and Latinx communities, we've always kind of had the council or we talk to the elders or whatever to kind of deal with whatever we're struggling with. And so Mm -hmm. it's kind of moving back into that space and kind of owning it as our own. Um, But the way modern mental health is, it sometimes doesn't feel like it's a good fit for us. So basically we are really pushing toward like get back to our own roots because community and seeking counsel from other people, um, that's just a part of, if you look at our history, who we are, but so much of what's happening right now doesn't feel like when it comes to modern mental health, doesn't feel like it's for us. Um, so that's a big part of what Melanin Mental Health is trying to do as well, is just make sure people understand that it makes sense why we struggle and why we may be hesitant to seek mental health because of our history. But also, if you go deeper into our history, this is a big part of who we are. And so we need to kind of connect to that a little bit more. Mm. Right. When you say it's a big part of who we are, what exactly do you mean by that? Because that's that seems deep. Like, <laughs> yeah, Alisa, do you want to? I know you're about to say something. Yeah, I was gonna say um, historically the way that the system is set up right now for therapy. Yeah, it wasn't set up for us. There's a lot of racism in therapy. There just is. Oh. We did a uh, we did a story and an Instagram story a while back asking people what's the most racist thing a therapist has ever told you and we knew it was out there, but goodness, some of the replies that we got. So the system as it is today, no, it was not created for us. It was not created for our ancestors. 
But uh, we have a colleague and friend who is in Austin. His name is Dr. Manuel Samaripa. And he talks about therapy is ours because back as far back as you can go, you know, when we were living in villages and tribes and there was an elder that you would go and you would seek counsel from. Mm. And so this is something that we have done historically that was has been part of our culture and our traditions. It's just what we know today as therapy is not it was not created for us and that's what ebony and i talk about when we say we're changing the face of therapy because we're changing what it looks like we're changing who you see um in the therapist chair and we're changing who you're seeing on the therapist couch and we're going back more to these roots where a lot of the therapy right now kind of takes this individualistic sort of perspective like okay if you're 18 and you're still at home or what have you a lot of these are are based around white Anglo-Saxon, uh, you know, Protestant mm-hmm. traditions, and they're not taking us into consideration. Um, you know, as a Latina, you, you don't leave home when you're 18. You know, you, you stick around until you get married and then you leave. But if you go to therapy and you don't have a therapist that's taking your culture, your race into consideration also, then they might pathologize that. Mm-hmm. So it's important that we have somebody that understands the nuances of our cultures um, as well as it pertains to therapy and that is able to take us back to those roots uh, where we're seeking counsel, but it's also seeking counsel and understanding where we come from. Mm-hmm. That is so good. I don't, I don't know why that statement made me even more open because I think, especially as African-Americans, we don't necessarily know exactly where we're rooted at, but we know that we're rooted. So it just made me feel more at home when you were talking about the elders and it just makes it make more sense. It makes it, it like lists the stigma when you say it like that. So I'm really glad that you did that because I don't know, I think it's something about going back to our culture, about to who we are deep down inside that makes everything feel like normal (laughs) human connection is healing Mm -hmm. that's a big part of a human connection is healing and again when you take it uh, back to what we've done for generations and generations of knowing that that when we got to a point that we couldn't move forward we seeked out counsel um, and that being with another human just in it of itself. Sometimes some of the most powerful therapy sessions have been just silence and my client is there crying and I'm and 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 I'm meeting you where you're at, you know. Um, and so human connection is healing, and 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 I think that's why so many of us are suffering right now when we have been more isolated from other humans. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And I also wanted to go back because with the um, the whole aspect of you know you definitely want. I love how you all are changing the face of of therapy and making it more relatable to people of color, more so the um, black and Latina descent. And I think that's important. The reason why it has to be important is because when someone is like you, they can identify, like you were saying, with the certain, the cultural norms that, Mm. you know, that you relate to and they can, it's like, they cannot just look at it objectively, but they can impact I mean, empathically listen as well and connect. And I think that's where, like you were saying, it doesn't sometimes even have to take 
the, the, the whole formal approach for someone to truly build that connection with you. It could, like you said, just be a complete hour of silence and you're just, you're just crying and you're, you're there, you're listening, you're present and you feel that connection. And so I think that in and of itself, because I know in the past, I've always said, what if I, I don't get a therapist that understands me? Because even my, my physician, I'm, I like to even have someone that looks like me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, and, and when you think about it on the same instance, if I'm, you know, telling someone what's going on with my mind and like, think about you, your mind has been developed, has been developing since you were zero years old, since day one on the, on the earth. And so when you think about someone that has a complete different life experience or that doesn't have other family members that's potentially may have gone what you've gone through, they potentially can't see it through your lens to even give you advice as to what they would do in that situation. So I love that you all, I I just commend you all so much for doing what you're doing because it is so needed because just think, when if you don't if you can't feel like you can connect to someone someone that that that's supposed to be helping your mind it's like how do you really get that growth and so i guess i wanted to to ask what are some 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 solutions if you will or some tips some healthy tips that do promote mental health mental health that you give uh, so it just depends on obviously like what area of life are you looking mm-hmm. for help with. Um, but I think for me, I, I work a lot with like, what are your beliefs and where do they come from? Um, mm-hmm. And so we talk a lot about family of origin, childhood, previous experiences with dating and things like that. But I, it's, I think it's important to identify that we all go through the world um, with certain beliefs about the world you know that we're encountering um and so it can be everything from the world is safe to the world is dangerous to the world uh doesn't love me or care about me or whatever the case may be right and so and and i'm saying the world but then we go into like dating like there aren't enough good men or all these beliefs that we have when it comes to these different areas i think it's important to start to identify like your thoughts and and what beliefs are you supporting with your thoughts because what happens is once we've kind of decided that this is the way the world is all we do is look for evidence to confirm that and so Mm -hmm. i think in identifying like this is my belief about the world is that serving me or not if it's not serving me what do i need to do to do to shift it what do i need to do to change that belief so now it's something that actually serves me um again i work a lot with relationships i work a lot with single women and and women that are trying to date and find someone and it's always interesting when we have these conversations those little and it's just like the passive comments of well you know there are no good men out there anyway and i'm like oh okay well that makes sense why you're not finding it you know like if you truly believe (laughs) that there are none out there how are you gonna find one how would you even know to identify one if the belief is they don't exist so when one passes by you you're not recognizing it because all you're doing is looking for evidence to, to believe that none exist right and so I think really taking some time to figure out like what are my beliefs what are these thoughts that I say what is that self-talk that I give myself on a regular basis and how is that now impacting the way I view the world and what do I need to shift so I can view the world the way I desire and not the way I'm currently doing it oh my gosh oh that was that was so good I, I totally agree with that I was I tell my mom that all the time too because she she wants a good man as well and i'm like she's always like 
I had to, she had, she had to change her talking because I was like, she was like, men don't do this, men don't do that, or men, blah, 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 blah. So now she's changed it to, well, not men in your generation, men in my generation. <laughs> even with that, I'm thinking to myself, mom, you're just putting that out there. And yeah. I was like, you know, like, I know what you deserve. I, my mom's amazing. I, I'm, I, I always talk about her, like, she's <laughs> amazing, like, amazing. But what I'm saying is, like, the fact that she's thinking like that, but she's praying for this, you're, what you're saying is not putting belief in, behind your prayer. I was like, mom, you deserve this, but I don't know if you believe that you could have it. Mm-hmm. And so, so yes, that confirmation, what we believe, we're always looking for confirmation of that. I don't, I don't know. That just, that's a Girl, that's, that's so, that's it so. really, because <laughs> it makes you really think, what do you think? What do you really believe? Not only what do you think you could deserve, what do you believe you could actually get? Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, a, a, a lot of the work that I do with clients is to help build awareness, um, to help take, I take more of a holistic approach. And so a big part of what I do is so often the people that come to see me are really just disconnected from themselves, disconnected from their body. So a lot of the work that I do is help to build the awareness as to like the connection between our thoughts, our physical sensations and our emotions. And a lot of the times we're just in that autopilot sense. Again, going back to our family of origin, that's where the template gets laid. That's where that filter that Ebony is talking about, where we view the world through this filter now, and we don't even realize it. And we think, well, this is just the way that life is. Well, that's just the life, the way that life was for me, right? And so helping to build the awareness as to what happens to me, what happens to me when I'm getting anxious? Like, what is it that triggered me? What are the physical sensations? You know, women, especially, we are often so disconnected from our bodies and that's for for so many reasons there's shaming messages we're never necessarily empowered as young girls to really own our bodies and to feel good in our bodies and so a lot of the work that I'll do you know how that might look in session is you know you just might notice a, a small shift in the client and and and, and maybe their their eyes kind of like glaze out okay like what's coming up and they already know that's an invitation, like do a quick body scan. What are you noticing physically? Well, okay, like my chest is tightening. All right. And and so what's the thought that came with that? Well, I, I started thinking about what this memory that I had about such and such. Okay. So when you think that, like what's the behavior? So it really is about learning ourselves and what is what is it that's happening within me. And the more awareness that I have, the more I can catch myself before I react. Right. I'm building in this window of the action that happened, the action that I take and where I've been triggered and how I've been triggered because I'm understanding what happens to me. I could take control of my body. So now if I'm activated, okay, how do I get deactivated? So a lot of it is really about empowering us, learning about ourselves and knowing that there are other options that we have in life. Mm But on that note of self-awareness, I know um, some of us are able to notice those changes within ourselves because we're just self-aware. We're like, oh, I'm feeling anxious. Oh, I'm I'm not myself. I'm a little, you know, under the weather. I'm sad, depressed, whatever that is. But for those of us who aren't self-aware, is there like a checklist that we can go through to say, okay, maybe it's my mental health. Maybe I need to go talk to someone. Well, I would say the first thing that I would say is um, 
if people often who have gone through incredibly chaotic or overwhelming events, especially if they were ongoing events. So this is what we refer to as trauma. If we have a history of trauma, what trauma often does is it disconnects us from our body. So even if we want to get connected to our body, we can't because what trauma does is it rewires our nervous system, it rewires our brain. So the first thing I would say is if you really, really, really struggle to feel connected to your body, it may not be because you're not trying hard enough. It may be that there's some trauma that is there and ironically disconnecting from your body is how you have stayed safe in the future by not feeling by not being in it so that may be an indicator that you want to seek out the help of a mental health professional um, that can help you unwire some of that but if it's just like I'm just on autopilot and, and I mean to be honest that's what the our culture is go 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 hustle 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 right now is the first time we're really getting an opportunity to slow down we're being forced to slow down um but for the most part we're just always on autopilot and so it's a retraining it's like okay what can i start doing start start noticing things um like when you're washing your hands right like okay like when i'm washing my hands how do i feel the water on my hands what does the soap feel like um you know what does the temperature of the water feel like and and you'll start to practice and train your brain to be more aware um, the other thing is to notice sometimes the physical comes first before the emotion right so i might notice first like oh my jaw is tightening Okay, real. My 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 hands are sweaty. Okay, what what? So take a breath. Notice what are you thinking right now in this moment? So it could just be a practice that you set out some intention to be noticing more, or maybe you tell yourself for the next hour, I'm gonna notice what physical. Like even right now, like what are you feeling in your body? Right, like I'm feeling like okay, I need to take a breath. Okay. <laughs> So it becomes a practice that we implement into our day to day. Mm -hmm. I also think that sometimes the when what you were saying, uh, sometimes lack of self awareness can be lack of language. Um, we sometimes don't know how to label those feelings, those thoughts, or anything like that. And so um, I often hear clients say, "Frustration is the number one word. Everybody is frustrated about everything, no matter if they hurt, angry, depressed, whatever. I was just frustrated." Um, and then the other one is feel some type of way. We say that a lot. I just felt some type of way. And so we don't necessarily have the language to be able to like understand, like connect. Oh, this is what I'm feeling in my body. This is what's going on with my thoughts. Because we don't have that language, we often just go to like the 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 basic. Uh, and, and we are very quick to say mad or happy like that's it you know and so a big part of therapy as well is like how do I give you the language so you can express more clearly what you feel and then it helps you understand what you're actually going through as well right identifying those emotions yeah wow that I'm so glad that you said that because I think for me personally I know I definitely struggle with being able to identify my emotions and a lot of it I think was rooted from childhood because we were in, I wasn't really given that platform to express how I felt so to speak because of different circumstances or just beliefs within the mm -hmm. family our children shouldn't talk over adults stay in a child's place just different mm -hmm. things like that and so like you were saying I I recall myself getting into a relationship a, a situationship let me just say that <laughs> in college and I did not like the situationship whatsoever. 
but I didn't know how to verbally express like I knew I didn't like it I knew it made me feel mad but I didn't know how to put a I mean how to put the put it in words like this ain't working for me this is mm-hmm. messing up it's, it's draining my happiness it's not healthy it's, it's a toxic situation but going years later I'm like okay now I know exactly how to say it but then I just I remember I remember like it was yesterday being in the car with him and he was asking me what's wrong and every time I would try to say something like I would try to say a word but I was like what am I gonna say I don't mm. verbally know how to put it into words yeah. and so I love that you said being able to uh, teaching people how to communicate that and identify the emotion what's going on so that you can express it to yeah. the people around you because as much as we would like everyone to be mind readers and just know like I just want to read my mind. I just want to fight. You should know. <laughs> Why don't you know? You don't know what you're wrong? Yeah. Right. It's common right. sense, ain't it? Right, right. <laughs> That's just such a common way that as women, I think in particular, we disempower ourselves, right? That we, we, we anticipate, expect our partners to know what we're feeling, what we want. And I do think it's in part because we are not raised a lot of the times to be able to identify our needs, to identify our wants. And so we look to our partners to know, and the majority of the times they have no idea, mm-hmm. you know, they have no idea. And and sometimes we equivalent that to how much they're invested in us. Like, well, if you loved me, you would know right now. Like, right. we've been together this long and you don't know. Maybe they do, maybe they are. do. Right. And, and a lot of times I will say is because we don't know. We don't know what we want, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, okay, so what is it that you want? Okay, well, I mean, you should know. No, but what is it that you want? And it really is about taking personal responsibility and empowering ourselves. Because if I can identify what it is that I want, then I can also evaluate, am I going to get this out of this relationship? But before that, I have to advocate for myself. Okay, so Mm -hmm. this is what I want. And so now I can tell you, and I will tell you that I haven't done a formal study but I, and you know, for people who are in heterosexual relationships, a lot of the times men are, they're so goal oriented. They're like, tell me where to put the ball in the basket so that I can get the I point. will do it right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we think that's for true. some reason that's going to lose the value in what they're doing, but they honestly don't know. And so when you're <laughs> able to say, this is what I want this is what I need, then you can communicate that to your partner and then they can decide if they can meet you there. Maybe they can't meet you fully in that way, but they can meet you this way. And this is where the collaboration and the negotiation is. But we have to take our own personal responsibility and say, if I'm not getting my needs met in this relationship and I'm articulating them, I'm identifying them, I'm advocating for them, and my partner can't meet me there, then that puts it back on me to decide what is it that I want to do with that. Mm-hmm. But it really is about empowering themselves. Yeah. Y'all gonna have been crying all year. <laughs> that's because that's so me. Like Jazz, what you were saying. Like I don't be speaking up. I don't be explaining things because I just want you to figure it out. But there is so much power behind being so direct and just stating exactly what you want. And we just want someone to push us and push us and push us to to care enough to figure it out. To yeah. figure it out or to keep asking because I'm yeah. not going to tell you on the first three. Yeah. Five, mm-hmm. five. <laughs> yeah. And that's really how we outsource our power. 
Right? That's how we outsource our power because now my happiness or my fulfillment or my life satisfaction depends on you figuring it out. So that is how we outsource our power and we disempower ourselves as women. Yeah. And I think a big part of that is like, if, if I have to take responsibility for that, then I have to take responsibility if it's not working. And we don't want to have to do that. <laughs> well, dang. See, this, is why, this is why we got to go to therapy, girl, right? Sign me up for a class. Right? I'm like, wow. Whoa. Okay. okay. Look, I have some questions about my own personal relationships, but they already just didn't put me in my place. <laughs> I did want to talk about is there such thing as being too introspective because i feel like especially during this podcast we have a lot of time to analyze ourselves and we do focus a lot on how can i make myself better um what am i doing wrong and sometimes i feel like it's taxing to always trying to figure out how to be a better person or not try to do something wrong and i'm just i'm just trying to see where's that balance between I'm human and I'm trying to always be my best self. I think what you what you just said is extremely important, right? The the identification of like you're human and and the acceptance of I am who I am in this moment and I only could do the best that I can in this moment. Um where is we're in constant growth we're in constant movement and so it's never going to be a space where you're like okay i am what is the word um enlightened and completely fulfilled and i don't need to do any more work on myself because then tomorrow something can happen in your life and and it becomes like oh sorry and it can become like you gotta feel like you gotta start all the way over right and so i think just that understanding that it's, it's a constant growth it's a it's a constant ongoing you're doing constant ongoing work on yourself, even when you're doing nothing, right? Because even in that, even in my today, I need to just be who I am right now and accept that as it is right now without having to think about um, what I need to do better. Or if someone makes me upset, I need to be able to sit in this anger without being like, well, and this is hard for therapists sometimes too. Well, I understand they may have done that because they had this goal when they were kids and da 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 as opposed to just being like, but I'm pissed. Like, and I should be able to be, I'm oh, sorry, can I? No, yes, I'm upset. Yes. <laughs> and so I should be able to be upset and feel that and deal with that and not have to think about, well, what about what they went through? And maybe it's not their fault. And like, so allowing yourself that space to say like, no, today I'm upset and I could be upset and I can react in a not so healthy way. And that doesn't take away everything that I worked for. It just means that that's what I needed today and then I can kind of deal with the, the consequences hopefully it's not a huge fallout but I can deal with the consequences and all of that later but if I, if if today I just don't have the capacity because it is it's a lot of work to always try to do the right thing and be the healthy person and make sure that you're not hurting other people and, and trying to understand where they're coming from but you got to deal with your own stuff that's a lot yeah. And so I think it's important to allow yourself that grace of like, it's going to be the back and forth. And the whole goal is like, it's not for it to be perfect all the time, but how do I get my life balanced where some days I'm doing good, some days I'm not doing so good. And that's perfectly fine. Yeah, I think um, it's funny because so a lot of the work that I do, uh, my own personal work, because we always say therapists need therapy too, right? Mm -hmm. So I not only love therapy as a therapist, I love being able to 
be the client and have somebody else be there for me from time to time also. And a lot of the work that I do in my practice and that I do um, in my own personal healing is to incorporate energy healing as part of that also, right? So what is the energy that like I'm, 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 I'm feeling or what have you? And so you combine all of this and I'll often joke, I'm like, I can't just have a bad day. I'm like, all right, what is the, what, what's the vibe that I'm putting off today? What does this happen? How did I attract this? Or, you know, what, what, what is it? What, what, what thoughts was I had? What were the thoughts that I was having that now I'm dealing with this? Like what's going on? And so I think part of it is that as you continue to do your work and become self-aware, I, I actually think that's the price of it too right? Mm-hmm. On one hand, I am more self-aware and I can make better decisions and I can set my intentions better and, I'm, and I, I'm, I see more options. And the flip side to that, because, you know, as humans, we're very multi-layered and complicated. We also have the, all right, so, so what was going on with me? What, what was coming up? Like, what, what did I say or what did I do? And I think what I have learned over time, because what you said was um how could i be better how could i be better how can you not be better and i think that's part of um you know that's been part of my own work and that on one hand that how can i be better how can i be better well that's always been my drive right so the things that i have accomplished is that's because it's like all right what's next what's next how can I be better but i've had to learn to kind of adjust it so it's something like when you're going to get in the shower there's some days where you want a really nice hot shower right so you adjust the temperature for the water is hot and then there's some days you just have a great workout. Oh, I need a cold shower. Okay, I adjust the temperature. I don't get rid of the water, right? So that's the same thing. It's like there's times where I have to adjust that awareness. All right, like, okay, yeah, I know I could have done better, but I also have to realize this is the best that I can do. This is how, you know, I'm, I'm doing all that I know how to do today. And so part of that has been healing the part of me that thinks that I'm doing this because I have to get better. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and rather to understand what I try to ask myself now is like, OK, what is this trying to teach me? You know, it, 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 do I need to slow down for a minute? Uh, was I on autopilot? Uh, what, so what is this? What is this teaching me or what is this? Emotions are messengers. Emotions are messengers and they show up. That's why we have to be able to experience the full range of them. Right. Everything is valid. So if I'm pissed today. Right. Am I pissed for a valid reason? Right. Like, is there something that like, you know, I'm my, my anger is, is, is justified. Right. Or am I angry because I'm actually really hurt because that person rejected me and, and, and I rather go to my anger than I go to my sadness. So I think it's more about slowing down also. And like, what's the message that this is trying to give me right now? And our bodies are so wise. Our bodies are so wise. Ooh, that it, it makes me think of I feel like through analyzing myself <laughs> I feel like I've learned that I'm very avoidant of pain and so just like you're saying like I do things to not feel pain or I avoid even having that conversation because it might lead to a rejection but now I'm trying to, when I feel pain, I feel it. I, I tell myself this pain, the only way I can move through this pain is if I literally move through it. So let me mm-hmm. go ahead and feel it. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm like, okay, let me feel this so I can get through. 
and that kind of helps me yeah. helps me out now because yeah. I don't recently I'm just I was just thinking like I don't know I was just feeling like a little pain like a little sadness like yeah. why this why that and then I was like wait Tiff like don't run away from this pain mm-hmm. feel it and then get through um yeah yeah. And that's what therapy can, is it, why therapy is there also, mm-hmm. is it doesn't teach you how to never feel pain again. It doesn't mean that you're not going to go through tough times. Right. What it is, is that it's going to teach you other ways to manage the pain, right? Because life is not just about the highs. The human experience includes the highs and includes the lows. And so therapy is more about like, how do you experience the lows without getting swept up in there? swept up in them or staying there it teaches you how to pull yourself up out of it by teaching you new skills by teaching you new ways of coping Mm -hmm. and it also gives you the confidence it teaches you the confidence that like all right i don't know what's gonna happen but you know what i know i'll get through it Mm -hmm. that part okay so there's this person i was dating (laughs) why am i trying to be in therapy right now oh there's this person i was dating and um he had a, a lot he abandonment issues like he his he was take like his mom was on drugs his dad just had so many kids and someone else took care of him and then they passed on early or in the, like in his life and so he basically grew up by he raised himself and um so my question is he was telling me like he he doesn't know how to like he doesn't know how to be intimate anymore like he says he feels nothing and me being like a very intimate person I'm like well that's not what I want but and I want to help him and I don't want him to feel like I'm abandoning him too so it's just like I know we try to in relationships we try to help this person because like you're saying we know what they've been through this is why you're acting this way but you also want to take care of yourself anyway so (laughs) you cannot love somebody out of their trauma Mm. that's Mm. one thing is that you cannot you can love them and you can support them but you can't you can't love somebody enough hard enough on enough like you'd be like if i just love you harder if i just love you harder you know you'll heal yeah if i stay here then you'll heal yeah, it's Definitely. not how they have to participate in their healing. If they're participating in their healing, if they're like, you know what, I can't live like this no more. I need support that you can support him, but you can't heal him. You can't heal the person that you love. You can love them, yeah. but you can't heal them. Yeah, and I think that's a big part in relationships. We do seek people to to fix us but that's not their jobs. And so when we're seeking someone or we're looking for someone, we often find people that are similar to our parents or people that we have certain experiences with because we're hoping that they do love us enough to help fix us, but that's nobody's job but your own. And so just like Elisa said, your role is to take care of you and and to love and support, but not to try to fix. Because until he's ready to work on that, because it sounds like he's in a space of, this is who I am Mm -hmm. and that's just what it is then that means you have to accept that this is what you're going to get and you have to decide if that's enough for you. 
That's so good. Thank you so much, guys, for coming You're on. You're so welcome. Me. Before this cuts <laughs> off, let them know where to find you. Okay. <laughs> uh, you can go to melaninamatel.com to find our directory, uh, our dope merchandise, uh, to find our previous podcast, all of that. Follow us across social media at Melanin and Mental Health, Melanin Health on Twitter. I'm at Ebony Harris, M-A, and Elisa's at Elisa G. Bokeen. Elisa G. Bokeen, E-L-I-Z-A-G-B-O-Q-U-I-N on Instagram. So that was amazing. Like, those ladies are so amazing. Please go and check them out at Mental, <laughs> with, at Melanin and Mental Health. Because <laughs> um, obviously you saw that we did not want to stop the podcast. But, <sighs> y'all, we're going to have to do another one with them with them so even though we couldn't do our affirmations with them you know we got it in our podcast like what yes it's affirmation <laughs> time it's affirmation time it's affirmation time <laughs> y'all if this is your first time tuning in on the soul feeling podcast we always 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 end our podcast with a positive affirmation so what the heck is an affirmation an affirmation is any statement that you are using to transform your life. Remember, just like Ebony and Elisa said, it's those positive self-talk, those conversations you have with yourself. So what are you telling yourself? Are you telling yourself things like, I can't do this, I'm sick and tired, I'm confused, or whatever the case may be? Or are you telling yourself uplifting things that empower you? Some days you might have to tell yourself the negative things, but on and when you find yourself doing so, remember to speak light into your life. And even in the Bible, it states, let the weak say. So keyword here, you got to say it, y'all. You have to say, I'm strong. So yeah, I'm affirming that there are millions, billions, trillions, gazillions out there tuned in, or just really whoever is divinely meant to be. So who wants to go first? With their positive affirmation. I'll go. I am managing any pain that comes to me in a healthy way with resilience and peace. Yes. I am mentally strong. Healthy. No, I take that back. I am mentally healthy. I am present. Guys, I just if if y'all don't if y'all don't share this one, I, I don't even know what what to tell you. Help someone, help yourself, spread this podcast. Please go follow Melanin and Mental Health on Instagram. If you need a therapist, please reach out to them. Um, they have a whole directory of of therapists that can help you. Or I know y'all want to get them to be your therapist because I want them to be mine. <laughs> um, um, so go ahead and do that and make sure you're following us Soul Feeling Podcast everywhere you know you're listening to us on either Spotify SoundCloud YouTube Google Play or Apple Podcasts so if you're doing that subscribe and don't just stop there give us a 5 star rating on Apple Podcasts so we can go higher in the ranking so more people can hear what we got to say we just trying to help y'all out we love you guys so much. And you know we're going to talk to you every Tuesday. So, see you later. Until next time, soulmates. Bye. Bye.